Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, August 25th. We are here live. It's a free-for-all today. We'll be here for the next hour or until we run out of questions. So it's up to you. And the phone lines are open. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, uh, hold on one second. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. That's the second time I said that this morning. It is Thursday, August 25th. I started the show a couple minutes ago and nobody could hear me. It was operator error. I forgot to press one of the buttons I'm supposed to press. I'm waiting. You know, we finished our app. Our app's out in the wild. People are loving it. We have a whole roadmap. We're going to continue to improve it, but uh, we're really excited about where it is. So now the programming team is working on my side of the software because right now we're hacking a bunch of different pieces together to make this work. And it requires me to think and press buttons. And that's not a good idea because my mind gets so wrapped up in the show. I tend to screw things up if I have to do too much. So hopefully they'll get that done soon and I can uh, stop screwing up the start of the show. But we're here. We're live. It is Thursday. It's a free for all today. Anything goes. We'll stay here for the next hour or until we run out of your questions. So it's totally up to you. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything goes pick up the phone and join us. Uh, I have some stuff. I'm kind of all over the board today. So calls are starting to come in. I'm going to touch on a couple topics here and then we'll get to some phone calls. Where do I want to start? Let's uh, let's start with this one. Not a big deal, but uh, I clearly remember. I think it was 2018. We started talking a lot about autonomous trucks. A lot of announcements that year. A lot of companies started up. Uh, We talked about it a lot. And then it kind of fades off and we don't really pay attention to it. And there's a lot of autonomous trucking going on in the country today. A lot. Like more than you could possibly keep up with. They're moving a lot of freight with autonomous trucks, a lot of different companies, a lot of different tests going on. But I remember when I first started talking about it, and and I get why truck drivers don't like this topic. I get it. Nobody wants to be replaced by a machine or a robot or a computer, but it, it happens. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. It will happen in trucking. It's already happening. But just like electric, and I know we kind of confuse these two, we lump them together all the time, and I don't know why, but it's here already, but it's not going to take over the industry for decades. 
there are still going to be human drivers for a long time, but we're already moving freight. It's coming. Every year, I, I made the claim that every year there will be more electric vehicles on the road, whether we like it or not. I'll also make the claim there will be more autonomous vehicles on the road, whether we like it or not. It's just the reality and we have to face it. And if we pay attention to it and not deny it, not stick our head in the sand, we'll see the opportunities. But I remember the reaction. Almost every call was somebody telling me why this wasn't going to work. And I would debate and argue, and and it's not because I want to defend this technology. Ultimately, this technology would put me out of business. Our company exists for one reason and one reason only. We exist to serve people who drive trucks. I don't want to see this technology. I don't talk about it because I'm promoting it. I talk about it because I have to decide what I'm going to do for a future for my business if there's going to be fewer and fewer truck drivers every year. Now, I'm not worried because we have a long time. There's still going to be human truck drivers for a long time, but we should pay attention to this. One of the things that people came up with, it, it it really just shows how much of a knee-jerk reaction a lot of this was, and people weren't thinking it through. I remember this one over and over and over. Well, who's going to fuel the truck? <laughs> uh, do we really think that something that simple would stop this from happening? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? How's the it, People just freaked out, and they came up with all these reasons why it wouldn't work. None of those reasons were legitimate. I heard, oh, well, that that autonomous truck will never be able to do what I do because it's too complicated. Hmm. What you do is more complicated than what a pilot of a 747 does or the space shuttle or all of the drones we have flying around the world. Really? What you do is more complicated than that? I don't think it is. What you do every day, we can recreate. I don't care how difficult the dock you back into is. If the truck and and the trailer physically fit in that space and can get to the dock, well, then we can program a computer to do it. And once you program it, it will do it virtually perfect every time. So I'm not promoting these, but we have to open our eyes and realize those little problems that we thought were a big deal just aren't. And here's an article, the reason I'm talking about this. Here's the headline. Pilot, pilot, the truck stop chain, working to bring autonomous truck services to truck stops. This is exactly what I said would happen. Instead of having every truck driver responsible for fueling each individual truck that they drive, remember when we used to have gas stations full service? That's all that's going to happen. You will have fuel lanes with one person as an attendant now who could fuel 100 trucks a day or whatever the number works out to be. 
the same with inspecting these trucks. And so that's exactly what Pilot is working on right now. They're working with a company called Kodiak. Pilot and Kodiak are in the process of creating an autonomous truck port in the Atlanta area. This is a real thing. They're already building it to evaluate potential service offerings, including spaces to pick up and drop off autonomous trucking loads, conduct inspections, maintain and refuel trucks. And they're going to be doing some stuff with data transfer that really doesn't matter much to us, stuff in the background. But this is how this is going to work. You can identify a problem. Somebody will come up with a solution and we'll have a new company. The good side to technology like this, even though I don't want to see it happen, it does create a lot of new jobs and new companies that didn't exist before. So that whole idea that, oh, this will never work because of all these reasons we came up with, I argued it then, you can see it happening now. None of those problems we brought up are going to be real problems. One of the other things I just saw some news on Um, I remember people said, oh, it's going to be way too expensive, this technology. And I said, oh, no, it's not. In fact, the price of the truck will eventually come down because of all the components you don't need to build for a human. You don't need a cab in a truck that drives itself, which means you don't need seats and upholstery and sleepers and heaters and air conditioners and radios and switches and on and on and on. All that stuff goes away. The cost savings could be incredible at some point. The technology that allows the vehicle to drive itself is just not that expensive. Now, when Tesla brought out their first kind of self-driving mode. It was about $4,000. I said, that's really, really cheap. Uh, I think now it's 15000 If you want Tesla's full driving mode, uh, autonomous mode, I think it's a $15,000 option now. That is still pennies. When you think of all the stuff that can go away on a truck when you don't have a human anymore, there's more than $15,000 in savings there and you're replacing a human that gets paid sixty dollars to $100,000 a year. If fleets keep trucks for four years, there's huge savings there. So again, I'm not promoting this stuff. But don't get it in your head that there are all these reasons it's not going to happen. It's happening and it's going to continue to happen. All right. Speaking of continuing to happen, the phones are starting to light up. So I think I'm going to take some calls. I have a ton of other topics. They're kind of uh, stuff that's been hanging around for a while. If I get to it, I'll get to it. If not, we'll, uh, we'll just talk to you for a while. Let's get started in Wisconsin today. Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how you doing today? Doing good. What's on your mind? I haven't talked to you in a while, but uh, the other day you were talking about that open beer site. And uh, very, very interesting. I went through it, spent a lot of time on it. And uh, just unbelievable information. But what I really found really intriguing 
uh, and you probably looked at this, although you didn't mention it. So they break down, you know, vaccination issues since the 1990s. And, um, if you go back and look at the age group from a half year old to 17 year old, and then go back and look at reactions from 1990 to today, the numbers are unbelievably high. Did you look at that? Not specifically that age group over that time period, I don't think. Are you saying there was a lot of um, reactions in that age group all these years? Yeah. Yeah, go look at it. It'll blow your mind. And what what led me to, what really jumped out at me um, is you look at the incidence of autism You know, for years they've been trying to say that vaccinations may have a link to autism. Right. Those things, I don't know that you can prove prove it, but go back and look at that information. Now, that's government information submitted by doctors. The information doesn't lie. It's right there. I know. I know that that's and how, you know, forget that one age group that you're able to pull out. I want to go look at that and and see that data. But if you just look at the overall chart, it's incredible that you can go for decades skimming along the bottom and even have multiple years where the numbers go down. And then all of a sudden it just shoots up through the roof and nobody's even addressing it. Right, but what's important about that age group, Kevin, is that's the age group that gets all the vaccination. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. You're right. Yeah. So maybe all of our vaccines cause more problems than we realize. Of of course they do. Of course. And here's the thing. Back when you and I were getting vaccinations, I mean, did they give you eight or ten of them at a whack? No. No, that's true. You're right. So, yeah, now they give you like a big cluster and just look at the numbers of autism going back to 1970 to what it is today. How many cases per thousand there are? The number is out, it's outstanding. It, it really is. And it, that, now that- you whether you know whether you can prove it's vaccines or not why isn't somebody trying to prove why it's happening if you do, if you think it's not vaccines that, then tell us what else changed and we could say the diet and there are other things so but why are we just ignoring sure, it sure. yeah but that age group the numbers it, it, it's they're astronomical you look at it and you're like holy cow and no one has ever i've never heard that ever brought up ever no you're right i haven't either i didn't realize that and i missed that data you must have to sort it just the right way to see that and i never thought about it but it makes total sense how many 50 year olds are still getting vaccinated for stuff yeah i mean the covid stuff is interesting and you know but you go back from 1990 when they started that. At that age group, you look at the numbers; they're, they, it's astronomical numbers. It's just crazy. Yeah, that. So. Um, I, and like I said, what, when you bring the funny thing about this makes me insane. When you bring it up, they say, "Well, the data is not accurate." Well, then why do we have the damn program? Fix it, then. Right. 
Right. And then if you consider, I mean, what do they consider? Is there 1% reporting? Maybe? I, the, I, I have heard people, and I, I, I agree with this, the highest estimate I think you could say is maybe 10% of stuff gets reported, but I have a feeling your 1% might be closer. Walk around and ask people on the street if they know what VARES is and you'll get, you know, nothing but the deer in the headlights look. But go further than that. Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor if he knows what VARES yeah, is nobody. and then ask him if he's ever submitted a report. The last two or three days, I've, I've told people about that. Now, people that study and know, you know, and they, they, like you said, they look at you like Veers. What, what is that? What's that? Well, it, it, here's you know, here's something no else. No a, a lot more people know about Veers today than they did two or three years ago, but it's still not very many. Yep. Yep. I had a good friend of mine whose sister. She had some health issues. Had a heart attack. Um, she was vaccinated and boosted, had a heart attack. They talked her into doing triple bypass. Uh, they get her on the table. They go, oh, got to do quadruple bypass. Okay, surgery was on a Monday. Tuesday morning, they have her up in the chair. Uh, Tuesday night, she has a heart attack, never leaves the hospital and dies. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, unbelievable. You so, know... <sighs> so, and, and again, you you can't prove that oh well the vaccination had any well, wait wait a minute just, wait a minute if we wanted to prove it we could well we could you're right but no one wants to prove exactly it. they want to hide it it's the opposite i absolutely yeah. believe now they're hiding this you know because I talk about the reports that I see of these young athletes, uh, young celebrities, the, the numbers seem to be through the roof. I, I never have read so many news reports like this. But since I started talking about it, now people send them to me. And I'm like, how can I miss all these? I'm, I'm all over this. I look for them almost every day. And yet I can't find them all. Steve, who calls quite a bit uh, called the other day about some sent me two more this morning I, stuff that I hadn't nope. even found two more young healthy athletes dying and no explanation yeah Kevin listen to this you're gonna you're gonna laugh when you hear this so back Memorial Day uh, I got sick my wife got sick I didn't get tested she works in the school district so she had to get tested so she goes in they do a test in the clinic. They do a strep screening in the clinic. Do you know what the bill was? <laughs> I don't even want to guess how much. The bill was $850. Oh, oh. You know, it, it is highly possible that we can throw all the black helicopter theories out about all of this and just say it was nothing but a big money grab. $850 to go have a doctor test you for COVID, test you for... Now, that was no meds. That was 10 minutes in the office. $850. And, and we know the so, COVID was, test wasn't even very accurate. Yeah, just hysterical. Just hysterical. One last thing. 
change gears to go along with your autonomous thing. Here in my state, say Green Bay area, they are running anti-Elon Musk commercials about the technology of his autonomous vehicles being dangerous. They're running them as campaign ads, believe it or not. So I, I, I'm having a hard time believing it because this is so ironic. Shouldn't, when we look at the left and their Green New Deal and everything they want to see happen, Elon Musk should be like a god to them, shouldn't he? And what's funny, Kevin, there's a guy that comes out and says, I'm a transportation specialist. What the hell is that? Yeah, what the hell is that? And I I looked at the technology, and his technology for autonomous is very dangerous. And then what they show is they show supposedly some autonomous vehicle hearing like a dummy, a crash dummy. I'm not kidding you. They're (sighs) hearing those commercials. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. It's so confusing anymore. You know, Elon Musk, just because he came out and said, look, the Democrat, he's a Democrat. He always has been. Come on. But he came out and said, they've gotten so ridiculous. I can't support this. So he actually started showing some support for Republicans and the left immediately wants to cut him off at the knees. I thought I was getting punked. I, 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 I thought I someone put something on TV. I'm, like, I'm looking around like, oh, come on. You got any kids? And I swear well, to you. Well, and it aired, it aired on Fox News. It was a commercial that aired I, on Fox News. I, I may be wrong about this because it's certainly not any area that I study a lot, but I don't think you can turn down political ads. No, no, you can't. Yeah, but I, I didn't just, think so. So, yeah, so I'm, look, I'm, I'm like, was someone pulling a prank? And then all of a sudden, Fox <laughs> News, and I'm like, I can't believe what I just see. Well, the so-called safety specialist. Unbelievable. Uh, Yeah. Why don't they ever mention how many people human drivers killed yesterday? Yeah. Well, you already know where that's going to go, right? The first people that get killed, I mean, there's what? Now, all total on the roads, close to 40,000 people killed in road accidents every year. It's insane, yeah. Uh, The number's crazy. And I promise, promise, when we move to autonomous technology, that number is going to improve so much, it will be insane. But nobody talks about that. Now, I'm not saying we should ignore the safety issue and let these companies do whatever the hell we want. They want. Of course not. But the, all you have to do is think this through logically. Human beings have been driving vehicles for 100 plus years. We're not getting any better at it. We're getting worse. We kill more people now than ever, even though our vehicles are about 20 times safer at protecting life than, than they were just 30 years ago. We're killing and maiming more people every year. We just had one of the worst years ever for road safety. We're getting worse. We need a solution. And the solution is autonomous vehicles will be far safer. Let's just get that out there. There's no doubt about it. 
Well, don't you think that they came out with autonomous, well, not true autonomous, but all these aids for traffic and lane departure because people are distracted exactly. when they're driving. That's exactly. why they came out with it. I, I, I wish somebody would dig through the data and tell us how many accidents have been avoided just by automatic braking. I'll bet the number's pretty damn big. Oh, huge. Huge. Yeah, but you know the first accident when someone gets killed is going to be front page news. It it already has been. It already has been. I remember the first Tesla that, you know, pulled out in front of a truck because the truck was the same color as the sky or something and his camera missed it and somebody got killed. They talked about it for months. One person, 86 wow. people died yesterday from human drivers. Yeah. Yeah. The number I think is, it's, I looked it up a couple, it's like close to 40,000, 35,000, 38,000, somewhere in, in that which, neighborhood every year. Which, road accidents. Which, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we know the deaths. We don't even start to add up all the injuries that it, it's. And, and and like I said, after a hundred years of driving vehicles, there's no chance we're getting better as humans. We got worse because of all the distractions and everything else going on. So if we haven't figured out how to stop humans from killing each other with vehicles after a hundred years, we're not going to. Nope. 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 Hey, uh, one last thing, uh, going back to the diet stuff. Uh, and then uh, with, you know, that stuff on the Bears report, uh, you think there could be a correlation to all this obesity and all these young people? Uh, obviously, it's food related, but also, you know, inflammation in the body from all these vaccinations. You think there's a correlation for that? Uh, there's a all of this stuff correlates everything we've done around health, nutrition, food, medicine, all of it, all of it has an impact on this. When, when you, you, you know, we we're talking about autism. We talked about autism. Um, we could also throw in things like ADHD. If you compare the numbers in the U S to a country like France, and, and France is still a first world country, all the technology and everything we have. You can't believe how different the numbers are. France has almost none of this. They have very low rates of autism yeah. in kids. They have very low rates of ADHD. They're not putting their kids on methamphetamines, which is what we used to give kids with ADHD, by the way. Meth. I, I, that, that still meth is, was a, a pharmaceutical drug first, not a street drug. It was a pharmaceutical drug and we gave it to eight year olds because they couldn't sit still in school. And we wonder why those children are, are drug addicts today. But in France, they they don't do that. And one of the big differences is, and it's, getting worse every year, even in France, but they still hold on to a lot of their old traditions around food. They tend to eat very local, real food. They tend to take two hours for lunch and it's a very relaxing. They have a whole different approach to food. And you look at that and then you look at the stark differences in children's health. There was a, a few years ago, there was that uh, documentary called The Magic Pill. Do you remember hearing about that? Oh, yeah. It was a great, great documentary. So, 
Yeah, well, what used to be on Netflix, and then all of a sudden it got pulled. You can't yeah. find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But in, in that documentary, if you remember, they had two very autistic children, nonverbal, right? Yeah. And what did they do? They put those children on a very strict ketogenic diet, and what happened? Uh, they improved dramatically. Yes. Became functioning, became verbal. Now, they weren't fixed perfect, but they made a 100% improvement. Yep. And I've talked, I've talked to people that have autistic kids, and they, they look at me like I'm insane. Like, uh, we, you know, make, let's look at their diet. We want to make our kids happy. Look out. Look, we want to make them happy. We give them what they want. Well, that's why that's not helping them. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. And, and go find that. Go find that movie on Netflix. You can't, it's gone. They pulled it. It's gone. Well, speaking of which, along those same lines, since I had a bunch of odds and ends today, um, at some point I'm going to have to rant about the whole student loan debt thing. It makes me insane. Not, I, it, I've been following <laughs> politics for a long time. Nothing makes me as crazy as this issue right now. I, I am, I'm just, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind over this. It may be, and I know people will think that maybe I've lost my mind over this, but this may be the single worst political decision I have seen in my lifetime. Well, I think they're just, they realize that they're losing a certain demographic and they're trying to buy that vote. That's yeah, what I, they're trying to do. And I, it, it is incredible how much damage this is going to do to our country. I, I, there is, there, it is so yeah. wrong in so many ways. But here's why I brought it up. Already, if you mention this on Facebook, you'll, your post will be deleted. You cannot question this on Facebook. <laughs> They're deleting posts already about this. Well, we already know that the Biden administration has you know, contacted direct all the ties. social media places. Yep, and, yep. they have direct right. contact. So we already, and, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what, you know, first off, the student loan thing, he can do what he wants, but it ain't going to stand the legal challenge. There's, yeah, there's, it, uh, it's... Already, already, it, well, it's kind of already funny. Already today, there's a group yeah, I was going to say, there's a clip out there, and it's recent, where Nancy Pelosi goes through a whole thing claiming the president absolutely cannot do this without Congress. He can pause the payments. Right. He can postpone the payments. He does not. This is Pelosi. I don't know. I'm not a constitutional lawyer. But Pelosi claims he cannot do this without Congress. <laughs> Okay, let's see what yeah, happens think, then. Yeah, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he can do it, but what's going to happen? Yesterday, attorney generals from all the different states are going to form an organization and file a class if he goes forward and does this. Cause, and then, you know, it'll be a court battle, but it, it can't. He doesn't have the authority to do that. I mean, he just doesn't have that authority. Here's, so, the, here's the crazy thing about this administration. They just absolutely ignore laws. They could care less. 
they they, they, they even come out and they admit did. we know this isn't we know this isn't constitutional. We're going to do it anyway. Right, right. That's what's so dangerous about it is because you know if you get in front of the right court, uh, if at somewhere down the road you change the. Uh, Supreme Court, the demographics of that, uh, yeah, then then anything can happen. You know, that's unfortunate, but that's that's where that's we are. Crazy, yeah, crazy. Hey, gotta cut you loose. Yeah, Phones are are piling up on me. We're gonna get to the calls. Let's go to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Uh, you haven't gotten all the way through the end of the world as you know it, but. Your autonomous talk this morning made me start thinking about what you had said about there being a shortage of people. Yeah. Of, you know, <laughs> young people is, you know, that could be the United States way of getting around that I, it's is doing the autonomous the whole world. And technology to, yeah, to fill oh. in this uh, shortage of people. You know, I I know this is a a more simple example, but I see an awful lot of complete people who complain about self-checkout lanes in stores. Well, that's the same thing. They're doing that because one, people are expensive and two, they're almost impossible to find now. Yeah. So, no, that was my thought that I had it, when you were talking. And no, you are you are on the right track. That is what will drive the autonomous revolution: is the fact that people are harder and harder to find and more expensive to to hire. Let's go to Wisconsin, Jim. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, two quick things: the HRV has been released. I sent you an email with all the fixes. Good. Uh, Good. Live as of this morning on all the phones. Uh, yesterday, I tried to call, call in about seven times, got dropped. Um, on the um, stress protocol, the blankets, uh, the only, I've been doing everything else. I tried to bring the blanket in the truck with me, and the inverter keeps kicking out. I don't know. You said you were designing one with another company. We are, and that's Can that one be of looked at? that's one of the biggest problems we're facing. Is that the reason we're designing a new one is because we want more power. We want more powerful lights, so you don't have to do it as long. We want a more powerful. Uh, infrared generator and so the struggle now is for us to try to there's no way we're going to be able to get away with less of an inverter i'm hoping that we don't need a bigger inverter i mean right now to run the blanket i think minimum you're probably going to need a 2500 watt inverter yeah, it doesn't work on two. So, yeah, you're yeah, I've, probably right. I've, 500 I've, would be minimum. Yeah, I've run it off my goal zero for the full hour. And and the battery, I have the Yeti 3000. Um, so, it's 3000 amp hours. Uh, the battery will last for the full hour. 
um, running that, which I, I was worried because that, that's a lot of power and you have to generate that kind of heat and, you know, it, infrared. It requires a lot of power. There's just no way around that. So you were talking about the uh, body battery. Since I've been doing the, I do everything and then maybe twice a month I do the, batter, uh, the blanket when I get home. But my body battery has been over 70 the last week, week and a half since I've been doing the whole stress thing. Excellent. Excellent. You know, I, um, I, I was playing around with the, the data yesterday on the Garmin watch, the HRV data, and digging deeper into it. And it, it's interesting. I've learned something new again. I'm so grateful for our partnership with Garmin. Um, the way they're displaying their raw HRV data and I can get HRV data on my Aura. I can get it on other devices I have. But I've never seen anybody display it like this. Everything I've read just basically says you just want your HRV number to be as high as we can get it. The higher your HRV number is, the healthier you are. Except that's not exactly correct. So I'll use myself as an example. What the Garmin is doing is calculating a running seven-day average and then creating a range. So, for example, based on my seven-day average, my seven-day average was like 48. So my range was like 44 to 56 or something along those lines. It gave you a range. If you go out of that range, even on the high side, If I were to all of a sudden have a reading of 75, that's not a good thing. It's not, you don't just want the number high. And this is why you also don't really compare this number to anybody else. The Garmin watch wants you to stay in that range. If you come out of that range on the high side, it's going to say you're unbalanced and your HRV is too high. If you, I, I dropped below my range the last couple of days, and I mentioned that I did those three long days in the garden, I'm still trying to recover from that. That dropped my HRV and it took me out of the range and I became unbalanced. Uh, and now that, you know, I've had a couple days where I've been doing the routine, I haven't been pushing too hard in the garden and my num- my seven day average is coming back up, but that average comes up slowly because it's an average, but it, it's, it's interesting okay. now that we don't just want the highest number we can get. What we do want over time, we want our seven day average to keep coming up. So at some point, I want to be where my range is between 70 and 80, not 40 and 50. But no matter what, I always want to stay in that range. That, that's something new. Yeah. Well, I'll have to call next week. It will be uh, seven days. Yeah, it, it will develop it an will average for you. And, and, yeah, and then once you've got that yeah. rolling seven-day average, then you can always see whether you're in the range. It would be interesting to see what would take us too high. I, I don't 
really know what might cause an HRV to spike on the high side. There's all kinds of things that will cause your HRV to drop. I'll tell you the big one, and it's okay. sad, but and we've proven yeah. this so many ways now. Um, one of the worst things you can do to your HRV is alcohol. It will destroy it. it it's it's sad how you mentioned that. Yeah, one one serving of alcohol will drop your HRV. It's it's just the the more I know about alcohol, the more I think we should just not consume it as human beings. But uh, it's not going away, obviously. Yeah, I don't have that problem. I don't drink. So. Yeah, well, good. good. It's a really, really good thing. And you know what? There's <laughs> I, I'm seeing a big push. I'm seeing a bunch of ads on TV now from the ad council. And they're, you know, try. And I think a big part of it was during the pandemic. I think a lot of people drank more than ever. And I think some people started drinking. Oh, yeah. and, and now I think they're seeing it as a problem. And it's a bigger problem than what we know. It, this causes far more health issues than I ever thought. I mean, how they've, they've been trying to convince us for decades that a little bit of alcohol is healthy for us. That's an absolute lie. Right. Absolute lie. There red is wine. Nothing. Yeah, forget <laughs> red wine. Um, you know, they, they think because you're going to get some resveratrol from the red wine that that makes it all worth it. Except all the studies show you need about 30 times more resveratrol than you get from red wine to have any impact at all. And if you want resveratrol, go eat some red grapes. There's more of it in there anyway. Alcohol is just a toxin really is. Now, I'm not saying I will never touch alcohol again. I like wine. Um, I'm not buying any. I haven't been drinking any for months. If somebody showed up at my house and they had a bottle of wine, I'd probably have a glass. Uh, but I, it, it, it's going to have <laughs> to be a, a fairly special and I'm not going to do it very often. <laughs> so I got one last thing. You and Lauren were talking about the receptor restart or something we have a, a supplement that is a receptor detox so what we have found with hormones we're talking about trying to get hormones in balance and stress when we use the word stress what we're really describing is several of our hormones have gotten out of balance because that's what stress is all about when we when we experience something that stresses our body and we now know that that is just as much physical as it is mental. Heat stresses your body, cold stresses your body, resistance stresses your body. Um, what we're really saying is that this is just a different set of chemicals that end up flooding our body when we're under stress. And those chemicals need a receptor to lock onto to do what it is they do we are blocking those receptors. Our diet is so poor and so dirty. There are other compounds that can lock onto a receptor like that and then block the chemical we want on that receptor. So we now know, and this is new science, this is one of the reasons why we've struggled with balancing hormones, is if we don't clear out those receptors, nothing you do is going to work. So there is a supplement that we've got in the store and it's receptor detox. And we should take that. If you are having a stress problem, 
and almost everybody is today, then yeah, that's a good yeah. first. Yeah, that's a good first place to start because there's a good chance all of us yeah, yeah. have some, you know, detoxing we need to do around these receptors first. So here's what I'm completely convinced of, and we just have to prove this. I am completely convinced, and and this is. This problem is worse with women than it is with men, but men, I still see a lot of people that would would improve if we could fix this. But here's what I'm completely convinced about finally. When somebody came to me before and their hormones were just way out of whack and we've tried just about everything. We've had very, very little success. I've even said, I know practitioners who have spent their whole career working on bioidentical hormone therapy, I don't even see them get good, consistent results. I'm convinced now that I think we solved this. If, if uh, Give me the worst case scenario of a hormone imbalance. First off, they have to eat the right diet. And the you know lower carb and higher quality that is, the better it's going to work. We need to kind of clean off the receptors with the receptor detox. We add the Elruderai yogurt, which seems to be awesome at really balancing and, and increasing hormone levels, testosterone and oxytocin. Um, and we do the, we, we could also throw in the uh, male and female enhancement, which is just the organ meats in, in capsules. And then the protocol, the stress protocol. I, I, I am fully convinced that will fix this for anybody. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'll have to order some of that stuff. And I tell you, I swear by that uh, cardio miracle. That is becoming stuff. our, Man. by far, our number one product. I am really, it, it, I'm just oh. going to recommend it as a daily supplement now. You know, at first we were saying, look, if you have high blood pressure, if you have other cardio, cardiac issues, you got to start this stuff. It's amazing. Now I'm just saying for overall health. You should be doing two scoops every day. It's a yeah. habit for me now. I never miss it. And I am sold. Oh, yeah. Is that on uh, automatic reorder? Uh, can you do a subscription in our store on that? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, Angie, can you check on that for me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am so bad at stuff like that. How much things cost? I, I just, I try not to clutter up my mind with things I can go look up when I need to. But we'll right. get an answer for you. I'm just not yeah. sure right now. Yeah, that that's fine. I, I'm going to log in today and order a bunch of stuff. So uh, that's all I got. All right. That's all I need. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. Let's go to Florida this time. Raymond, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Uh, I got a couple of comments. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the autonomous thing here in a minute. got a couple of comments first. Sure. Uh, uh, to, to the guy that was buying the four eggs at Pilot for $3, you know, eggs are not have to be refrigerated. You can keep a dozen in the truck for $0.38. Cents <laughs> yeah. For almost uh, a week in, in, the, in the fall and wintertime, you know, right? But Yeah, and, and, and if you can okay. find... 
you know, natural local eggs that aren't washed, you can yeah. keep them for a long yeah. time without refrigeration. Well, I boil them, so that, that, that's washing, right? A boiling is the same thing. Oh, yeah. As yeah. Once so you. Once they're boiled, that, that coating is gone. Correct. Yeah. And then, then you do have yeah. a limited amount of time. But in many, many parts of the world, they never refrigerate eggs. When I was in Costa Rica, I was shocked. I actually right. walked into a Walmart. I wanted to see what a Walmart would be like in Costa Rica. And it's quite a different experience. First <laughs> off, in Costa Rica, when you pull into the parking lot of the Walmart, Walmart there you know one of those um they're almost like a crane kind of set up they're on a trailer but it's like a little mobile uh almost security center that goes they put it way up in the air kind of thing there there's one of those right in the middle of the parking lot um and there are you know police officers with ar-15s and i mean it's just crazy and there's very little violent crime in costa rica you don't have to worry about getting, you know, beat up or murdered much, but they will steal everything and anything. You're parked at an intersection waiting on a traffic light, and if your window is open, they will reach in and steal the glasses right off your face. Or wow. anything else they can reach uh, in the car if your windows are down. But then the other weird thing, I walked into the Walmart, and there are giant displays of eggs out in the middle of the floor. None of the eggs are refrigerated. That's interesting. One of my friends from high school just, just returned from Costa Rica, and he was talking about how the poverty level over there, you know, right? I mean, it's like they're third world country, right? Yeah. Yeah it's, it's yeah, a, it's a whole different way of life. But here's the interesting thing. Most years for decades now, um, Costa Rica always scores in the top three, usually, for the happiest people on the planet. That's what I, I, I didn't get to converse with him as much as I wanted to. I was going to say, do you think those people are happier than we are over here? But they're, at, they're way uh, happier. Trying to, you know, trying to succeed they, or whatever. Uh, yeah. They, they are way they're happier. They, they are. They have a, the kind of the national saying is, uh, and I may butcher this, but it's like Pura Vida, I think. And it, it means pure life. That like their national saying, yeah. and they're really, really happy people. You, they, when you drive around the country, it looks like abject poverty. It really does. It's a poor country. It's a very poor country. The people are really, really happy there. Yeah. Okay, moving right along, uh, the collusion thing. One time we were talking about the difference between competition and collusion. Yes. If you want to see collusion, look at the three major truck stops. Pilot Flying J, Love, and TA Petro. That is collusion times 10 right there. Well, wait a minute. Wait, and wait, they're, wait, they're wait, wait. They got the price up near $5 in Georgia to you. QT is down to four four twenty nine, eighty cents cheaper. Okay, so then that's yeah. not, that doesn't qualify as collusion. Because they can't control well, the market. Don't you think that they, 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 they call each other every morning and decide what the price is going to charge? Wait, wait, wait a minute. If they're doing that, there would be records of that, and they could be prosecuted for that. 
Oh, we need Teddy Roosevelt back for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that is if that is if that is really happening, that would not be hard to prove at all, and they could be heavily prosecuted for that. Look, I, I you know it, it, when it's when not, it, it's not hard to see to me, really. I don't know how to prove it, but I, it, I, you can see it. You can see it. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This does not have to be collusion. And again, they have a different strategy because if this is collusion, it's not going to work because there's too many independents that will just underprice them. It's already happening. But it doesn't have to be collusion if I'm the manager of the pilot. And I don't know who gets to set the pricing at pilots, but whoever it is. All you have to do is drive down the street and look to see what the other truck stops. And if there's two truck stops charging more, all I have to do is undercut them by a penny or two. So I, I, I don't yeah, believe that I, this I, is true I, collusion. I, I don't anyway. I, I, well, whatever. Uh, but anyway, we, we, we would agree to disagree yeah. there. But, yeah. Uh, what the uh, pilot drives. A lot of these guys think more of their pilot points than they do saving money. I think. I don't know. Oh, well, I that could be. I can't understand why yeah. a pilot's so crowded all the time. I don't know, man. Well, one of the all things you have to, the same way, pretty much. Yeah, overcrowding. One, but, yeah. one of the things you have to remember is if I'm a company driver and I'm not the one paying for fuel, I could care less what fuel costs. I'm going to go to the truck stop that I like the most, that has the most services or whatever it might be. And most trucking companies don't really <laughs> dictate where people have to fuel. Okay, on to the uh, self-driving or yes. the autonomous driving. Did you tell? Did you say that you had a collision mitigation system as early as 01 or something way back there? 01. I had a, let me go back and make sure I'm not confusing two, I had two trucks like this. I had an 01 and an 05. Um, But the 01 would have been a Volvo. And I had the um, Eaton Vorad system. So it had a front looking radar and it had a right side looking radar. And it was tied into a system called Smart Cruise. And the, the way it worked was if I set my cruise at 60, but I came up on traffic that was only doing 55, I didn't have to touch anything. The truck would slow down to whatever speed the traffic was traveling and maintain the proper distance. Now, this truck also had an auto shift, a two-pedal auto shift. It would downshift on its own if it needed to. It would apply the Jake brake if it needed to. And then if traffic sped back up to say 65 and my cruise was set at 60 and we had gone down to 55, traffic speeds up, my truck will go back up to the set speed of 60 and maintain it. It, it was a pretty incredible system and it worked really well. I had, very, I, I had none of those weird, oh my God, the bridges are always setting it off. I had none of those problems. It just worked really well back in 01. Oh, I, the first one of those I experienced was a 2016 Kenworth. And I hated that thing, buddy. I, I hated it. I keep hearing that. How did we screw up this technology so bad when I thought it was pretty darn good back in 01? Well... If I got within 400 yards of the truck, the damn thing started beeping. Yeah, I see the truck, okay, whatever. But 
anyway. Now, I will say almost everybody who drove that truck complained about the the warnings. And my answer to them was, we can complain all day. But I went back and looked at the settings and the stats. And when, when that thing is going off, you are in a higher danger of having a collision. That's all it's telling us. You are to the point now, you're, you're, you're close enough that if something distracted you for a second and you looked away and traffic stopped you'd run into them exactly yeah i understand that yeah but uh, the uh, autonomous i'm all for it man i'm, I'm tired of spending <laughs> you know hell i, I really <laughs> I mean, yeah come on yeah. bring it on well, i want to be i want to be a catcher i call them catchers you're gonna have to have catchers man you have to have people to fuel and inspect the trucks yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. If you told me right now today, you can go back to truck driving and you can have a fully autonomous truck, but for whatever reason, we want a driver in there the whole time. I, I'd take that as a job over driving. I, look at all I could accomplish while I'm driving down or riding down the road making money. Hell, I could be running a whole nother business back business there in my sleeper. Truck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. oh, oh! By the way, well, give okay. me, give well, me. Uh, you, you call them cra- by the way, give me two more ahead. of those trucks that can platoon behind me. <laughs> yeah, you call them guys crash dummies one time. It might be the smartest guys on earth, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, 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 even now the techni- the technology is still pretty early there's still some issues with it there's no doubt but i don't think it would yeah. be too hard of a choice for me whether i would feel safer riding in the sleeper of an autonomous truck or one with a human driver i probably trust the autonomous yeah yeah don't get distracted. exactly it doesn't get tired it doesn't get angry it doesn't right it doesn't get a bad attitude <laughs> it's not watching youtube videos <laughs> while it's driving down the road yeah. 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 oh man oh, oh lord uh and you know back in 2019 when i came back into the industry i, I joined a little company in california i'm not calling any names or anything but I tried. He he was a thirty year old California. He was really all up into technology as far as emailing and all this stuff that we do. You know, as far as paperwork. Yeah. I tried every way in the world talking him into get, getting the ground floor of this autonomous thing. And I said, "Man, we'll we'll be the first company to run a truck from from L.A. to Miami. I'll be what Miami waits for it. Catch it. <laughs> <laughs> he he wouldn't come. He kept he, his argument was." What about the insurance claims and all this shit when they run over somebody? Well, I don't. Did, <laughs> there's a hell of a lot more chance of me running over somebody than one of them. And and here's the other thing. This is again <laughs> where why people I just I don't understand this thinking. Do they really believe that? Look around the world. There are so many companies right now building and investing in this technology. There is un godly amounts of money being spent on this do they really believe that at some point we're going to get to a a place and go oh hey wait sorry guys none of this is going to work because insurance can't figure it out hell no that's never going to happen (laughs) give me a break come on what's the chinese company uh uh, too too simple 
stuff. It's just too simple. That's what scares the hell out of me. Oh, no doubt. They I mean, are we, by far. I don't they think are. We need a Chinese owning all of our trucks. We don't need Chinese moving all of our freight over here in this country with autonomous trucks, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Too Simple has moved more freight with yeah. autonomous vehicles, I think, than any other company in our country. Yeah. All right. Good, good stuff. We're going to move on. We're heading off to Iowa this time. John, welcome to the program. Uh, good day, Kevin. Hope everything's going good for you. I have a theory on the IRS agents that they want to hire. All right. Hit us with it. And it's just it's just my thoughts, my theory. There's no, I got no science to back it up. But uh, think about the AD, AB5 and the gig economy. Could that be what they're going after? I, I think that's a big part of it, yes. I think you are exactly because, right. Because think about it, in the last three years, how much money the government has lost in taxes from the gig economy, the DoorDash, the Ubers. No doubt. Because a lot of those people are not paying taxes on that money, but they had a whole heck of a lot of money coming in from it. And... And, and it I, is I, I, much, much easier to cheat your taxes when you're self-employed. I absolutely get that. Exactly. I, I agree. I mean, it, it's so easy. All you have to do is make up a bunch of numbers for your expenses. That's as easy as it gets yep. if you want to cheat when you're self-employed. And I'll even say this. The odds of you getting caught up until now have been extremely low. The, the number of audits is, is like 1%, but that's just changing. And I think you're right. I think the, the government has figured out that all of these small businesses and self-employed people and now the gig economy, which makes somebody self-employed in 30 seconds if they want to be, uh, I think they're going to exactly. go after those people. Because, because I, I did the, ran the math, you know, what are they wanting? 87,000 new, new, yeah. yeah. That that that's approximately seventeen hundred to seventeen hundred and forty people per state. But you got states that you're not going to run. You know, Montana, Wyoming. You know, yeah, right. uh, smaller states with a lower population. You're not going to need them, but you can move them to California. Yeah, no you doubt. You can move them to Florida. No doubt. You can move them to Chicago. Yep. You can move them to the Northwest, and and. O- oversaturate the amount of uh, agents you have and do even more checking because I don't know can can the IRS go to say Uber, Lyft, Instacart uh, and say hey we want to see the records of how much you paid out and how much you paid out to each person well they don't need to go to them they already know that all of those companies issue oh, 1099s Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It, I have no no experience no, with it. It's it, just a thought that the, no, while driving me, down the road of let me tell this you might this be works. why they're wanting all this. That that is the one way you're not going to cheat is to try to say you didn't make all that money. The 1099's been issued. This doesn't even require a human being. The computers at the IRS. Okay. One of the first things it checks. 
you're you've got a schedule c which means there's 1099 revenue here if your revenue on that tax return is not at least as much as the 1099s that were reported that is an instant audit doesn't even require a human okay but but it doesn't take a human to uh initiate or no. follow up nope no, it, the, oh. the, 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 wow. it automatically generates a letter and you get a letter and it's now your responsibility to prove why you had 1099s that added up to this much, but you only reported this much. It's automatic. The letter goes okay. out and now you either have to pay the difference in tax or you have to prove it. Now, here's something that a lot of people don't realize, and I am sure if the IRS doesn't already have this program, they are working on it. There, for decades, there have been very special programs in certain industries where they train agents to only audit within a certain industry. And they get really good at figuring out if you're cheating on your expenses or not. And here's one of the ways they do this. They tend to focus a lot on businesses that might operate with cash, but there is a special division in the IRS that audits trucking companies. And all of their those agents are trained in the kinds of numbers you should see in a trucking company. But in some cases, okay. they go much further. This one always made me insane. Um, pizza shops deal a lot in cash. And they came up with a way to audit pizza shops based on their ordering so they actually went in and they had calculations if you ordered this much flour this much tomato sauce this many pepperoni slices we can then assume that you were able to make 325 pizzas and if you sold 325 pizzas this would be your revenue I think I remember you talking about this one other time or somebody else I listened to. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, well, here's the problem. What if I'm just really inefficient? What if I don't know how to run this mm -hmm. business very well and I order too much and I have waste and overrun all the time, which is common in restaurants, or I make too many pizzas and I don't sell them and I end up throwing them away at the end of the day? True. You're still going to assume I made a certain amount of income and you're going to tax me on that? But that's right. what they do. Hmm. Actually, so you I, know, they, they got that national AB5 style law or rule or they're wanting to try to push through. So, it, so that could be why they're... Yeah, it's past the house. They're hiring... It, you know, hopefully it won't get through the Senate, but uh, I'm not even convinced that the Republicans are going to be able to take over the House or the Senate this time. Uh, that's starting to look really shaky now, and that's kind of scary. But yeah. I promise you, yeah. if the IRS doesn't have a program, they're working on one where they will have specialists that understand the gig economy and know how to audit those people and know how to figure out who's cheating. Right. And that could be why they want the agents for yep. the auditing purposes. That's exactly why. Look, look, yeah. you take somebody, right, well, take, take, let, let's, let's use an example that they've tried to make as an example forever. I, I would love to see 
the all of the details of the IRS trying to audit somebody like Donald Trump's tax returns or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or, you know, they say they're going after the, the billionaires and the multimillionaires, but they're not. Because, look, you can't get any no. money out of those guys. They will tie the IRS up in court for years. Oh, yeah. They want somebody like me exactly. or the economy worker or even say somebody is smaller like yourself. Right. That they, they, they know that we can't fight against them. We're just going to pay it and walk away. And, and if you take 10 of the top CPAs in the country and 10 of the top IRS agents in the country, and we give them five tax returns from the ultra-rich, you will end up with about 150 different answers. More than likely. Because the tax code's so, it's, it's, so messed it's up. That's, way where, too, that's where fair tax comes it, in. It, exactly. It's way too complicated. Even an average tax return will trip up most people. We talk every single day about accountants who haven't gotten this stuff right for years. And when you, when you get to some of these wildly complicated tax returns, you can just forget it. They're not auditing those people. That's not where the money's going to come from. The money's the gig economy no. is going to be a big target. I think you're and, absolutely right. And there's not enough of those individuals that make that much that, money to make too. it worth right. going after. There, say there's a hypothetical number. There's a, a million million of those people that make that much money, but so, there's fifty million so that it, make less than that, and they can it, get more money off of those fifty million than they can off of that. One million. Well, let's just look at the current statistics. I can tell you how this is going to work. Right now, we have about 80-some thousand agents, I think. This is, I, if I remember right, I think this is going to double the number of agents. So we have, okay. let's say we have 80,000 right now. We know who they audit. The data is there. So the current 80,000, primarily, the number one group that they audit is people who make less than $75,000 a year. It's a real statistic. Right. We already know it. You can't lie to me about that. We already know that's who you're auditing. So my point is, if you don't think you should be auditing those people and you should be auditing the rich, we'll take the 80,000 you already have and start auditing the rich then. Why haven't you been yeah, doing that exactly. all along? If, if you claim that's where all the money is, then why haven't you been doing that all these years? You haven't. You, yep. So now here's what I they agree. might say. Oh, well, we're going to hire a bunch of new agents and we'll take all of our experienced agents and we'll have them go audit the rich, which means you have a bunch of new agents that are going to audit the poor in the gig economy. So what changed? <laughs> exactly. Except Nothing. now, now, the if, government. now if I'm poor, I have to deal with a rookie auditor instead of somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, and you may you may know more as an individual because, like yourself that has studied the tax code, then that auditor will ever know because oh. they just read the book last oh. week and graduated college Trust. and walked in and you've been doing it for 30 years. Trust me, every time I had to deal with the audit or the IRS and an auditor on a trucking tax return, I taught them stuff. I believe it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, it's a mess, um, and it only seems to be getting worse. Yep, yeah, and it, and it won't. 
it probably won't get any better. I, I mean, regardless of how how the political system, it, I think we were broken too far. <sighs> Boy, uh, I hate that. There, I, 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 I go go back to Jekyll Island. I haven't got oh, back. Right. I haven't got fully through it. You're I have right. a I have a hard time. What was that? Early nineteen hundreds, late. Yeah. What, what time frame was that? The uh, early 1900s. Uh, so yeah. we've got m- anywhere from 70 to 100 years of broken yeah. to, f- to fix. Yeah, you're right. And, and it, it, was, it was probably broken before then. It's just it got more politicized as there became more people. More people was researching it. And, you know, now you have the admin of the the Internet. Yeah. That everybody know, can communicate with anybody that, that has the same thoughts. You know, I, I still believe that true free market capitalism and democracy is by far the best way to govern people. Unfortunately, we, right, let's, we, let's, we didn't figure out a way to keep out crony capitalism. And that's what's destroyed right. our democracy and our free market. And what scares me is there's an awful lot of similarities between what we're seeing right now in our society, in our world, and what you saw at the end of other empires that tried this, the Romans, uh, the Greeks. Um, This was all tried. It worked really, really well until it didn't. And I think we're at that point now in our country. And I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. I, I thought maybe it'd be my grand, yeah. my grandkids. Yeah. But it's just it's it's happened so quickly, and, Which, and the snowball has gotten so big in j- just the last three, four, five years. Yeah. Well, think about this, and you know, was it just good timing and politicians were able to take advantage of all the disruptions that COVID caused around the world or was that part of the plan? What was it? I'd have to take off my tinfoil hat I I already have on to to be able to answer that question. I know. I, 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 I I believe everything has been in the mix for more years than we've ever known. That that's what you I, I believe start to wonder. personally. This is just my my personal opinion. Twenty years from now, presidents have already been picked. I believe the presidents are picked way way in advance. That's a scary thought. Just is. It, it, it's, that's just my opinion. Well, I, I, I don't push it on anybody. You say what you want. I, just my opinion. That's all that is. But I believe the presidents are already so, picked. That's an interesting thought. If that's the case, if that's the case, and that's been going on for a while right now, I would assume you believe it's it's not new. It's been happening. Explain Donald Trump. Was that a fluke? He was picked. He you was think? No. Really? It, 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 was purpo- it was purposely. Look what happened once he became president. That's when a lot of the turmoil started. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. It was it was perp- it was purposely picked and put in place for a reason. Now it may he may not have known about it, but him being picked, I believe, was already. Hmm. They, they, Interesting I, thought. I, I have a pretty thick, 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 thick tinfoil hat and <laughs> I don't want to go that that deep with with you on it because we could be here forever there you because go. it's just my opinion so oh, I, I have I have you, nothing to 
the back, and I don't, I, I don't like frequent boards, and, and I don't tell anybody my opinions. Yeah, very no, often. and this is why the you know the whole conspiracy theory stuff kind of makes me a little crazy, and I have to try to avoid it for my own sanity. Because if you read enough, you start to see enough things that look like it's it does prove it. But then the crazy part is, well, what the hell would you do anyway? It's not like I can do anything about it. Yeah. The, the, the duck already walks like a duck and yeah. already quacks like a duck. What the hell am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, yeah. At that point, I start feeling oh. like maybe, maybe I should just start ignoring politics, stick my head in the sand, and enjoy as much of the rest of my life as I can. I almost wish I would have never got into politics like five years ago oh, and, and listening. And, and, and unfortunately, Kevin, you brought me into it at the same time because, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sorry. You, you have a different views, and I, oh no, <laughs> and I listen to different podcasters and whatever, and it's different. I'll listen to any theory, any theory or any angle, and if I believe it, I believe it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I kind of yeah, I listen to you for the health stuff and everything else happens. And, and, yeah, and then I have to sneak politics in every once in a while, and then it becomes a habit. Well, and. And then more of the co- when the COVID started, you know, I was I was maybe for for that first two weeks of flattening the curve was about the only time frame I had any fears. After that, I was like, I'm done. This, this is over. I'm done. Look, I, I have no problem. Two weeks turned into three years. Yeah, I have no problem going back and saying. I may have been one of the loudest voices saying that first year in 2020 that the truck show in Louisville should have been canceled. I, I was saying it every day. And I was saying, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going. I, I, I don't think I'm going. I'm supposed to do seminars. I hope they cancel it because I don't think I'm going. And I did that because, remember, that was March of 2020. That we were that nope. early into this. And I've said, I have been following viruses and bacteria and pandemics for a couple of decades. This was like a hobby of mine. I have apps that track this kind of stuff. I watch the CDC numbers. So when this started, I can remember clearly, I'm like, wait a minute, guys, this is serious stuff. China just locked down 11 million people. This is serious. Well, I was wrong completely wrong but i don't think i've been wrong on much after that right very true I'm gonna agree yeah <laughs> kobe that's another thing i, oh, I don't want to take the man, tinfoil hat man. off for but i know because it, it, it hits too hard at home because well i'm the only one that's not my house and oh, that's everybody a- else that's a tough place to be. They want to get 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 deep in it. I I kind of believe it exacerbated my daughter's MS. Oh, I don't. And, and, yeah, and it, I know. She, I believe, we believe she had it already, but we didn't know it because we didn't know the symptoms. And then now, looking back, uh, five, ten years. Eh, yeah, but I believe because it was shortly after she got her first jab or the second jab that she ended up in the emergency room and getting CAT scans and MRIs and C- yep. and, and, and everything. I, and they finally said it was that. 
I believe it was exacerbated, but we can't prove it. And I have a pretty, it's, we have a pretty holistic doctor and he don't want to, he don't, he don't want to go on, on to it either. Yeah. It, it, it's, he just, it's not a stretch to think that that exacerbated it. There is tons of evidence that that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And another one of the things I kind of keep to myself, I don't put it out there. I know. Other than right now, I just put it out to everybody that's listening. Yeah. But now I, I, I get it. Well, uh, I don't know where we're going, but, uh, we're going to stay on top of it. I'm going to grab another call here. We are off to Oklahoma. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, I wanted to ask you about the Garmin watch, and then I also had a comment about the David Baldock team book. Okay. Uh, and the watch, did you say you talked to Garmin about, the, and did you find anything out about the HRV? Because <laughs> I've got the watch, and I don't have that. No, I keep saying I'm going to talk to Garmin, and I never get it. Uh, I never get to it. I still have not called them. I put it on my calendar every day, and it's just been one of those weeks. But I'm pretty sure I can give you the the right answer. I'm not 100%, but there is the original Instinct watch, and the Instinct model for Garmin has been around forever, but the instinct is what yep. they built the diesel on. So the the base model of the instinct is what they built the diesel, the trucking watch, on. The original instinct does not have the sensors to be able to do this, I don't believe. So you either have to have the the newest version of the diesel or the newest version of an instinct and i think it's a generation two in order to be able to read that number that's the way i think i've i've got this figured out now there were people that had that watch and they still weren't seeing it and i don't know if that was they didn't update something or if garmin was only releasing the update on a limited basis and i just happened to get it i don't know um i but i'm pretty sure i kind of got most of it figured out i do need to give eric a call over there and get some of the final details maybe i'll just have him come on the show and we'll talk about it yeah, that would be good. When I go I'm, to my I'm, app. I'm going to do right now while we're talking, um, I'm going to send a message to the team. Let's get Eric from Garmin on the show. Done. Now I won't nice. procrastinate. Alrighty. We'll just get him on the show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that will, uh, you should have the answers. Yes. And the, uh, the David Baldarchi book, I'm I'm like 42 years old now, and it it might be sad to say, but I was never a reader or listener to books, even though I've been driving trucks for 20 years. I just started when I started with the nutritional stuff, and now I've heard you talk about David Baldacci, so I've dabbled into that, and in the past, I don't know, seven, eight days, I've listened to four of his books, and I'm on my fifth one today, Uh, and now I know the authors seem to like to do series. So without knowing that, I ended up listening to two books from one series, two oh. books from another series. <laughs> so okay. So I found his, I found the website, and now I realize he's got a couple different series, and he also tells you which two books that I listened to uh, about the uh, uh, the killers. There, I'm like, man, that's that's ironic. I was able to pick 
the storyline that followed each other. And my wife said, well, usually they tell you somewhere how to listen to the books. And then I Googled it. And so now I'm listening to two different series of his books. And they're phenomenal books. I do love them uh, so far. Um, so just for anybody that's new to listening to books or reading books, if you don't know about it, the authors seem to like to do series. Look into that so you can so, listen to them or read them in a good order. Yeah, that's a really, I'm glad you brought this up. That's a really good point. And books over the last five decades that I've been reading have changed quite a bit. And one of the biggest changes is they now tend to break books up into series and not write big, long books like they used to sometimes before. And it's a money thing. If you have a, if you have a thousand pages of a story and you try to sell it as a thousand page book, you're going to make a lot less money than if you break that book into three parts and sell three separate books in a series. So that is a really, really common theme now is that many authors write in series. The good news, and David Baldacci is excellent at this, you could not know that. You could read all of his books at random. You'll still enjoy them. They're, they're their own story yep. in and of itself, but you enjoy them even more if you start at the beginning of a series and read it all the way through. It, it really tells a really good story when you do that. The other thing that I like about this, um, one of my other favorite authors that I've been reading for decades, and he's got so many books, uh, Michael Connolly. Michael Connolly writes about um, basically crime and police and law around L.A. And he's been doing it for decades. Um, oh. the, the movie The Lincoln Lawyer, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. The, the Lincoln Lawyer is a Michael Connelly book. The Lincoln Lawyer is a Michael Connelly oh. character. And his other character, Hieronymus Bosch, is a detective in L.A. And he, uh, my, my God, he's got so many books that are, you know, um, Hieronymus Bosch books, but it, it's the cool thing about this, and I, I think they're bringing it back. I've said for years, you know, you get excited when you read a book and then they make it into a movie, and I'm disappointed every time. The movies just suck. They always do because you can't cram a 400-page book into a 90-minute movie. It just doesn't work. And what they did, um, Amazon Prime has a series of Bosch. So what they do is they take one book and they make it an entire season. So you might get 12 episodes and they're able to tell the story the way it was told in the book. And it's so much better. So... I think we may see more of that where they take these authors that have these series and they turn a whole series into a season. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Now that makes sense too. You know, in the whole, uh, theory thing, the only book I can ever recall reading in my life was the karate kid when I was in high school. <laughs> and the only reason I remember reading that book is the chapters were so short that I would end a chapter so fast, I would look forward to the next chapter. And that's kind of similar to these series. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because these series are only like, each book is like 12 hours long, 
um, so I can listen to it in one day, one day of driving. So uh, I'm moving through them at a pretty good pace right now. It doesn't it make the day go by so fast when you get into one of those good books? I can't believe it's been 20 years of driving. I just now, <laughs> within the past two years, started doing. I mean, my the the money I'm spending. I mean, because there's just no oh. easy way to get these books. No, whether you, no, they're not. What whether you buy them or you do a rental program, either way, it all adds up to. But it does. I, I enjoy it more than music at this point. Um, and yeah, like I said, it just makes the day go by better. So yeah, after well, 75. After 75 nutritional books that I've listened to, and some of those I've listened to multiple times, yeah, I'm excellent. glad you mentioned David Baltarski because I needed a break from, from those nutritional books. But. Well, if you want author recommendations for novels, I've got so many. Michael Connolly is excellent. Um, I am actually, I just went back and started looking at John Grisham. Christian was one of my favorite authors a long, long time ago. His first book was The Pelican Brief, which also made a, a re- that was one of the few books that they did a really good job when they made the movie. The movie wasn't bad at all. The book was excellent. And then he wrote many, many more. They're all about lawyers and trial cases. He's a fantastic writer. And I just went back and found like six books of his that I hadn't read and I just binged them all. And they are fantastic. So there's two authors that will keep you busy for a long time, Michael Connolly and John Grisham. And David Baldacci, one of his first books was Absolute Power, and that's a nine-hour book. And I guess that was turned into a movie. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch that. And then I just have to recommend my favorite book of all times. So when you've read thousands of books, it's sometimes hard to pick a favorite. But uh, and it on Audible, I think I know I had a version. I believe that was sixty hours, sixty hours oh. on Audible. Atlas Shrugged, my favorite book of all time. Yeah, I've heard you mention that a lot. I'm going to have to look that up. 60 hours, that's a long time, but I'll, I'll have to try that. <laughs> and do not get, yeah. it, it, and I know there are some abridged versions out there. Do not get the abridged version. Get the longest version you can find of this book and listen to it. And I promise you, okay. after 60 hours, you're still going to be disappointed that it's ending. Oh, huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll download that. Uh, you've mentioned it enough. I've got to uh, download that and try it. And I, it, it's uh, kind of coming full circle. I heard about that book and listened to it because of a talk show host, Neil Bortz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the first time yeah, I had I'll ever heard about the book Atlas Shrugged, and I listened to it way, way back then. That would have been probably the early 90s when I was listening to Neil Bortz. Uh, Neil Bortz is also, uh, since I brought him up, um, probably, no, not probably, he is and always has been the, the biggest proponent of the fair tax uh, by far. He wrote two books about it. I, I wish I wish I, I'm 40. I'm hoping to see that sometime in my lifetime, but It'd I doubt awesome. it. But it would be nice to see. It sure would, sure would. It would change this country yeah, in a really, really positive way. Yeah, pay taxes on what you spend. Exactly. Yeah, 
get put a little control yep. back in people's hands. There's so many benefits to a, a, a well-written fair tax. And we have a well-written fair tax, been around for probably 30 years. We just can't get it passed. Let's go to Texas. Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing today? Good. What can I help you with? Yeah, um, just had a question about the yogurt. Um, kind of late to the party here, but uh, I was looking online on how to make it. Uh, just have a couple questions. Sure. Uh, I heard you talk about the way that it makes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see anything on the instructions on whether you eat it, don't eat it, or get rid of it. Yeah, so this is a good question. Um, I'd like to get rid of it. And actually, I save the way to start my next batch. I don't waste yogurt starting the next batch of yogurt. I just save my way. I, there's no one answer to this. It's really personal preference, but I'll give you a couple ideas. I like really, really thick yogurt. Like the thicker, the better. In fact, I got to the point now and, oh, you just reminded me of something. Um, I wonder if Lisa's listening. Angie, I know you're listening. Can you, s- I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I need to. Angie, can you send Lisa a text and ask her to take the yogurt out of the sous vide machine? It was supposed to come out an hour and a half ago. I forgot I had it timed right at eight o'clock when I started the show. My yogurt batch was done um, and I forgot to take it out. But what I do with mine now, when mine comes out of the sous vide, when it's done culturing, I put it in the refrigerator to chill it down. That thickens it up a little bit. Then I pour, I make three quart batches now, just kind of what I've settled on and it works good. So I pour all three quarts into a big yogurt strainer. I have one that holds a gallon and I just leave it in there. I put the whole strainer in the refrigerator and then I just serve the yogurt right out of there. So it keeps getting thicker and thicker and thicker over time. It'll drop more and more of that way out of there and just keep getting thicker, which I love. So I do it because I like the texture, really thick. There is another benefit. Most of the carbs that you're getting in yogurt are in the way. When you get rid of the way, you're getting rid of more carbs. You're making it even a more low carb, higher fat product, which is what I like about it, especially on a keto or carnivore diet. So it's totally up to you. Some people don't want to lose that product. They, they want all, you know, if they made a gallon of yogurt, they want to eat a gallon of yogurt. I make a gallon of yogurt and I probably get two quarts out of it because I, that I'll strain out that oh, much okay. way. And I'll save some of the way to make my next batch. It was the way I was giving away to other people so they could make it. Um, but I do strain mine and try to get as much of the way out of there as I can. Just like I said, I just like the texture that way. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, and then uh, you said that you started using potato starch. No, I, no, I asked about it. And the first response I got was, sure, potato starch is easier. It doesn't clump up. And it's, within an hour, I probably had 10 messages saying, you won't like the potato starch as much. It, it's grittier. It doesn't thicken as much. So I didn't even bother to try it. I, I just stuck with the inulin. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And then, uh, one last question, um, on the jars, when you submerge them, are the lids tight and do you submerge them all the way or just up to the lid? So 
I submerge mine in the water. I try to get it pretty close to the level of the yogurt inside the jar. It's not necessary. You could put only you could put the water level up to half of that jar and it would still keep the jar at the right temperature. It's not critical. You could have it high, you could have it low, it's not really going to matter much. The lids I kind of put mine on sort of maybe finger tight. I don't pay too much attention to that. I see people that sometimes they get siphoning and their their yogurt ends up coming out of the jar. I've never really had that happen. And I've done it a bunch of different ways. I don't even like pay attention to that. I fill my jars as much as I can just because I make three quarts and I have to get it almost right to the top of each jar. I put my lid on. I bring the water up pretty darn high up over the shoulders of the jar and I just let it go. I've never had a problem. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a try this week and see what happens. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I screwed up last week with our travel. My timing was off and I actually ran out of yogurt and didn't have dairy to make another one. So uh, I went three or four days without the yogurt. Man, I am really missing it. In fact, I'm looking forward to some right after the show today because I have a batch just finishing let's roll on into Arkansas. Mark, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Good. What can I help you with today? Um, I just, a uh, quick, quick comment on your audio book is there. I'm, I'm a little slow to embrace new technologies. So, so up until probably a year ago, I was still getting audio books from my public library and nothing uh, wrong with that way back when they had the, no, and they were great. And uh, the uh, I had read Atlas Shrugged uh, back in school. It was required reading in a I had in high school. That was many, many years ago, and I wish it was still required reading. But I, I got that out of the library, and it was, oh, God, I don't know, 35 CDs <laughs> or something like that. And it, it, it was just as interesting uh audio books without having to yeah now i mean it was it was over a thousand pages it was the biggest book i'd ever read at the time and um but it was uh some slow spots in it but um it kept your interest i liked it a lot you know i've, I've um, heard from anyway a, i was um, i don't mean to interrupt but i i i've heard from a lot of people that it was required reading for them in their high school it's certainly what well I shouldn't say it wasn't. I hardly ever showed up at school, so I could have easily just missed that. Um, I I didn't (laughs) read it in school. Um, I read it in my, I was probably 26 or 27 the first time I read it. Um, Absolutely loved it. Went on to read um, almost everything Ayn Rand has written. The Fountainhead is an excellent book. Uh, We the People, The Anthem. I mean, she has some really, really good books. She's just an an amazing writer for just pure entertainment. I mean, Atlas Shrugged was just, it was entertaining. It was just a really good story to listen to, but it's got such a critical political message in it too. And we're watching it come true. We're, we're seeing it in our government, and she, oh, wrote, yeah. and, and she wrote that book in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the most amazing things is it was written. Yeah. Um, you know, you could, um, 
it's crazy. Uh, what I called about was a gentleman earlier called, uh, all made the comments about the with the fuel prices and the different fuel stops. I, I have no doubt whatsoever that everybody knows what their competitor is for. That's just business. But anyone, and I mean anyone in business, I'm a one truck operation. Anybody that's paying the list price at the pump is crazy. I, I advertisements <laughs> and emails for discount fuel cards. And I, I want it. It's through a, a fleet one card, which is, uh, you know, they're just like the com data cards. They're, they're accepted absolutely everywhere. And, yeah, you know, I got a very simple app on my phone. I can look at and, uh, you know, and tell the fuel prices of every place on my route and decide where I want to buy fuel. And there's a couple it, big chains there. I, I always have extra showers. And once in a while, I'll find fuel cheaper at a quick trip or something, but not very often. I, I, and if you go by the retail prices, many times I'm getting 60 or 70 cent discounts uh, off of the pump price, which you know, I just say any anybody. I'm sure touched on this before, but anybody can get these discounts as long as I, you're, yeah, you know, as I, long as your numbers are good and you're not a credit I, risk. I, you know, I, well, a lot of times that doesn't even matter. There are tons of discount cards out there that are prepaid. You have to put the money up ahead of time. You don't have to have any credit to get these discounts. You could have horrible, you could have a 300 credit score. I can still go get a discount fuel card. I just have to fund it ahead of time. You're right. I, I, I've always been Absolutely. shocked in an industry where our number one cost is fuel. We use a lot of it. There's discounts everywhere. And there are still some people who never get a discount on their fuel. I, I, it's just insane. Oh, yeah. And, and there's associations, um, I don't use them, but I have friends that, that are members of NASTIC. NASTIC and one is of their, famous for their fuel fee, discount. But, oh, yeah. And their fuel discounts are usually at TAs and Petros, the, the, big, the big ones. Big ones. Right. And they're really good discounts, yeah. And um, it just doesn't, you know, it comes down to nickels and dimes when you compare where you're going and what you need and what you're doing. But uh, um, I am... Uh, I'm just amazed that anybody would pay. I don't even know I why know. they put those cash prices up on the signs because it makes it look crazy when, <laughs> like the guy said, there's a, a you'll be looking at a quick trip or a Casey's at 450 a gallon, and right next door there's a, a pilot that the sign says that you know five and a quarter, and you yeah. think, wow, that's crazy, but but you know the discounts even it all out. That, and that's also how we know they're. There's no collusion. If there was true collusion in the fuel exactly. industry, you wouldn't see that price difference. You wouldn't have the option of going somewhere else and buying it cheaper. If they're colluding, it's not working. That's right. Yeah, it, it's not working. But you're <laughs> right. It, the discounts have a big absolutely play a big part of this, and yeah, there's there's no doubt. All right, great stuff. Yeah. Thanks for the um, oh oh. Go ahead. Uh, you caught me just in time. One, Almost one hit the button. Question. Go ahead. Yep. Oh. Um, I, I mentioned I was a little slow to embrace technology and I'm having issues. In fact, just if I wouldn't have got an email uh, a couple months ago from Pittsburgh power, I wouldn't have even known how to 
get you back um, on my phone. <laughs> when it, I listen to you a lot when, when you were on uh, XM yeah. or Sirius, yeah. but um, I'm I guess I'm I'm having some issues trying to order stuff from your store. When I tried to look the store, every time I tried to order something, I got a page that that uh, was asking me about the NutriQ, which I'd never taken. Do I do I need to be a member of Healthy Tribe you, in order order something from your store? You don't have to be a member of Healthy Tribe, but you do have to create a membership, and that's why it keeps sending you to that page. The reason for that is it's our agreement with our supplement supplier. We we don't. technically we're not allowed to sell our supplements to the general public. We sell them to our clients that we work with. Is that, is that something new? No, it's always, in the the very beginning, we didn't have that set up. And then when we renegotiated with our supplement supplier and, and we became such a big account for them, that then they came back and said, hey, wait a minute, there are a couple things you're not really complying with correctly. So there was a time where you didn't have to do that. And then later on, we did have to set up that system. Okay. Because I, I know that I've, it's been several years, but, uh, um, you know, you called it the leaky gut kit back then. Right. But uh, my right. wife wants to, um, it's, it's called, uh, what, what is that called now? I still think it's the leaky gut kit. Oh, okay. Uh, my wife wants to, to go through that again. She's having some issues and she doesn't eat on either one of us eat as quite as clean as we should, but yeah. Now, when, once you fill that out uh, one we, time, we then, better than we used to. So. Yeah. Then you won't have to do it again. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, phones are busy, busy, busy today. I love it. Speaking of which, he said he got an email from Pittsburgh Power a couple months ago. Um, we really just sent out our first email this week about people on the app. We, I, I said in the beginning, I didn't want everybody to know about our show. Um, we knew we had our core with us, and that's been plenty for us to do the show every day. Every now and then, I would have to kind of ask for more and more calls, but boy, I can tell you it's changing already. Um, we held back. We didn't want everybody yet because we were building our own technology. We knew there were going to be hiccups. There still are. Uh, but we're we're confident enough in our app now. We just sent out our first email this week, and the response has been pretty overwhelming. I was shocked. Everybody's like, "Oh, we had no idea you were still on the air." Oh, we only missed one day. We took one day off the air. I, I my contract at Sirius got canceled on a Thursday. I took Friday off, and we actually went live on Saturday, and we've been live ever since. And the vast majority of our listeners did not know it. Um, we weren't pushing it or promoting it. We are now. Uh, it's time. We want to get our listeners back up. And it looks like it's already happening. Phones have been really busy this week, and I love that. I also love being able to go a couple hours without taking a break. The show seems so much better for me this way. Let's go to Iowa. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so um, This is off the a caller that was calling about the IRS agent. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, 
But uh, Google uh, sends, like I said, they if, if I'm talking about it or if I'm thinking about <laughs> it, it seems like it's going to send you something. I know. And I know. So, it's kind of uh, scary. Redacted, I didn't... Uh, it's okay. I it's entertaining. I, I don't understand it, but I, it's fine. It just keeps me more informed. Whether I'm being told the truth or not is another story. Yeah. But uh, you had talked about redacted, and I never knew what it was. So I was listening uh, to the YouTube video, and it was uh, Charles Schwab, but also had to do with the IRS agent. Now, if you've heard the, the World Economic Forum by 2030. They want to get to the point where you don't own anything and you're going to be really happy about it. So I was telling Angie that it's interesting that 87,000 agents, as well as Obama, and I don't know if this is what Rush said or actually he actually had that in his campaign, that uh, he was going to have his own private army or something. And uh, then uh, also, I didn't get to say this, that uh, Hillary has a fondness for Chairman Mao. And Chairman Mao also had the same philosophy that uh, you own nothing and you'll be happy about it. The only problem is that takes away from the human spirit and many of those people died. Um, I guess maybe some by suicide. So I, I just find that whole, everything about that's happening today also with that World Economic Forum. And uh, anyway, that's my two cents. Got it. No, I, uh, I, I certainly don't disagree with any of that. It's just, uh, it, it's hard to stay on top of all this. It's hard to fathom how fast this all has changed in just a couple of years. Not that we haven't been talking about all of this stuff for decades. We've talked about the Fed. We've talked about the gold standard. We've talked about, you know, I, the, the power grab. I just don't think anybody ever expected that, that it could have changed so fast. Well, it's that philosophy. You can tear something down in a minute, but it takes years to build something. So you may it took two hundred years to make our country, but you know, just take out the pins and it just collapses. Yeah, and we're taking all the pins out, and it's just it's collapsing. And you can see it, you can feel it. <laughs> yep. It's day to day. It's just day by day of what what what's coming next. Yeah. I agree. It's a, it's a anyway, crazy time. And, and, you know, just the next 75 days or so in the midterms are going to be really, really interesting. I, I am you know, I, I, shocked at how fast this is turning around. A month ago, it looked so Mark like Levin the Republicans yesterday about would, this. would take both the House and the Senate. It looked like a slam dunk. Now, when all the Republicans were running around saying it was a slam dunk, I was wishing that they would stop doing that just quietly. But all of a sudden, that seems to have shifted. It, it looks, if you start reading some of the polls right now and even look at the um, special election that just happened in New York. I, I'm starting to wonder what really is going to happen at the midterms. If they uh, get in for their second thing. You know, I, I drive county roads, uh, country roads and, and stuff, but I was looking at all these car lots. If, if we go all, all electric, 
these car lots are going to, what are they going to do with all this metal <laughs> and all this cars, the gas cars that. Uh, oh, they'll be around them. forever. They'll be around forever. We're not going to get rid of them. Okay. I mean, well, think about it. I, yeah. If I had a 63 split window Corvette right now, it, my grandkids are going to have it. Nobody's going to get rid of that kind of stuff. I mean, just basically the Petro to put in it. Oh, and that'll, that, that, that'll still exist. It may be a specialty product. It may become really expensive at some point, but we're talking for 50 years from now. You're a lot more optimistic than I am. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I, anyway, I yeah, I'm an yeah. eternal optimist, I guess. Well, that's okay. It's, uh, it kind of goes against the grain. It's like, how do you get there? How do you get where you can believe that the destruction that's happening in our world today is not going to really change absolutely everything, and we can get back? Uh, I. I I, 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 I believe too much in the human spirit, and I believe that we've yeah. seen, as human beings in this country, we've seen the right way to do things. And we've gotten away from the right way of doing things, and the farther we get away, the worse it gets. And there are still a lot of people who believe that. That's what I'm confused about. I still believe there are a lot more people in the country who believe that, and there's evidence. And, and one of the things, look at news channels. CNN might as well be the, the press corps for this administration, and CNN is tanking. Nobody watches CNN. They have the worst ratings ever. They're firing everybody. The whole channel's a mess, and yet... They are all for everything this administration has been all for. Fox, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. They're the one network that fights back against the daily press briefings. They're the one network that questions this administration hard. They are blowing every other news channel away as far as ratings go. It, that You have to take at least a little bit of a... a lesson from that that there are an awful lot of people in the country who still believe in those conservative values it seems like the majority yeah yeah i agree i mean even even if we go yeah. back to the last election and we could say the country was really divided right down the middle joe biden got a couple more votes than president trump did but it was it was split. But since then, I think an awful lot of people who typically vote Democrat are having second thoughts. Yeah, they're too extreme. You know, each party tries to say the other party is too extreme. You know, Biden was trying to use that phrase ultra mega and it never caught on. He, he, he even made the statement that the MAGA movement, and, and let's not forget what MAGA stands for, make America great again. Kind of what I said, we've seen the right way to do this. We know what works and what doesn't, and we, that we were trying to go back to that. That was the whole make America great again thing. 
And he took that, Biden took that and claimed that the MAGA crowd was the most extreme political group that has ever existed in this country. That he made that statement. I I completely disagree with that. I I don't think there was anything all that extreme about it. I mean, I I think that he's more of a libertarian than anything. And I guess some people think libertarians are extreme. I think the exact opposite. I think they're the least extreme. They want less government. They're, they're, they want more freedom, more individual autonomy, less government. I don't find that extreme at all. I think that's the human spirit. We don't want to be controlled by other people. And then, of course, the Republicans think that the, the Democrats have gone so far left that they're the most extreme party. And I, I tend to believe that. I mean, we're doing some pretty extreme things. When you absolutely know that inflation is the number one thing hurting people in this country today, and you just keep spending money. This week alone, in the last week, we, we sent, we're sending another $3 billion to Ukraine. Why are we funding their war I don't get that. We are not the world police. We should not be funding their war over and over and over. Even if, even if we could agree it's the right thing to do, we shouldn't be doing it because we can't afford it. We're broke. We're broken in debt. We can't afford to do the right thing, even if it is the right thing. And I'm not sure that it is in this case, but even if it were, we can't afford it. And sometimes you just have to look at the situation and say, I know it would be a good thing for me to help somebody else, but I can't help them until I help myself first or we'll both perish. And that's the problem. We can't help other countries right now. We're broke. We need to fix our own problems first. But we just gave three billion more to Ukraine. They just passed a bill that is going to spend 700 billion more, whatever the number is. And Biden's now going, he thinks he can unilaterally all on his own. I guess he's a dictator now. He can forgive student loan debt, which I don't think is legal, but he claims he can do it, which will cost us another $500 billion and drive inflation through the roof. And if, if you don't think those policies are extreme, then I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yes, they are. They absolutely agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. It's just. How much we can do about it, though, that's the problem. Well, we can, I hope. I hope we can vote in November and our process actually works. Yeah. And I'm not saying the Republicans are the the end-all and be-all either, but at this point, I clearly believe that we'd be in far better hands with the Republican Party than we are with the Democrats. But that's just my opinion, of course. Brandy, I'm going to cut you loose. I'm going to grab another call here. We are off to Alabama. Dwayne, welcome to the program. Dwayne, are you there? Am I there? I'm there. I'm not hearing. Dwayne, I'm going to put that call back in the queue. Angie, if you could check that line real quick. It's my last call, by the way. So 
Um, I'll take a minute here. If you want to dial, I'm still here. If calls keep coming, I'll keep taking them. But uh, right now, I've got one call left that I can't hear. So we'll see if we can figure that out. And if not, we'll wrap this up. Oh, today's Thursday. Angie, are, when are we doing Rolling Toes? Anybody told me yet? Uh, no. Nobody told me. In one minute. All right. I guess I am going to wrap this up then. Um, and uh, let me think about this. Uh, Angie, I will um, keep the phones open i'm not going to restart the phone system i'm just going to restart the recording uh and i think i'm just gonna do that right now wrap this up start rolling toe don't go anywhere mike and kevin beckett will be joining us here in just a minute or two as i restart everything so line up the calls for them remember this is a talk show all of our segments are talk shows we want callers you're a big part of this call in. I have to say my calls have been stellar this week. I mean, I've just had, I just went two straight hours without taking a break and had calls the whole time. I love that. So keep them coming for Rolling Toe. Uh, Another update, Joel is going to be joining us for trucking technology and efficiency tomorrow. And we haven't heard from John yet. So I'm going to wrap this up today. I will see you back here tomorrow, but don't go away. Mike and Kevin Beckett are up next with Rolling Toe. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.